0: James good morning how how long does it take the CTO of a company to be able to access a video conference call or
1: well, to access doesn't take very long at all but to have to put up with uh, it took a- 18 minutes.
0: To- 19 minutes <laughs> 19 minutes now 19 <laughs> minutes is how long it took you to be able to get into a freaking video call so we can have a chat um yep. this is absurd Oh, my my daughter's going to get up. We're going to run out of time. We're to do the podcast quickly. Um, All right. The topic is your topic today. So do you want to introduce it?
1: Yes. Well, welcome to Free Speech again, as uh, so wonderfully titled by Duncan. So this is really just around thinking, like, for me in the last couple of months, what have we, where have we arrived with it? With the notion of free speech in terms of things that are happening in the world today but also just general trend uh with things like technology and free speech so the first thing i want to kind of like just press it preface with is i'm i will consider myself a preface. pretty big proponent pretty good i oh, really, yeah. pretty no. sure it's a preface,
0: <laughs> preface. <laughs> your age needs the money pre work before you show up 18 minutes late to the meeting there we go um,
1: um, uh, okay Duncan's gonna ride this train for as long as he can because it's all he's got <laughs> all right so all right let's let, let me start again so pretty much in founding fathers um enshrined this at a cornerstone of democracy i would say free speech has been widely regarded as one of the most successful inventions of a free society so This is for various reasons, but one of which being that it would not allow for tyrants to control the narratives of, uh, you know, of that society. So fast forward to today, now live in a world where misinformation and disinformation is arguably so rampant it may longer be feasible for free speech to serve society as it once did. Um, In the age of, like, abundant communication, is free speech at risk of being redundant? So I just want to preface this with... I am a big believer in free speech to the tune of it sitting above all other, you know, values. I believe it is essential to free and open society. I also believe that the world is changing faster than anyone can keep up with, and we cannot rest on our laurels in the past. So for me, it is therefore our responsibility to continue to stress test ideas like free speech to ensure it still holds up in light of recent technological and societal changes. Um, I'm not making a case against free speech here, but rather wanting us to throw everything we have against it make sure it still holds.
0: Are you reading? It sounds like you're reading instead of talking.
1: <laughs> I'm talking, dude.
0: Um, okay, cool. Um, like to me, what systems are there? This is the kind of big thing. It's like, free speech is where people talk about ideas and battle it out. The next one is, okay, well, the government decides. So that there is like a truth ministry and the government decides what's true and what's not. And they try to find ways to stop that. So, for instance, what you know came out in the Twitter files and what's come out in the UK files that there are these large systems that they were pushing through the social media companies and, and changing the narrative, or you had it to the you know private companies to make a decision. So, Facebook, you know, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, et cetera. So, to me, um, it's like there has to be a system. You can't just have none. So, there is either free speech where you're allowed to talk about things and an update. Um, or you have the government the government has control and has censorship. The government is pretty quickly going to do what the government wants to hear. It's going to be saying, "Oh, I don't like this." <laughs> and you have other countries where you see the government having the ability to put its thumb on the scale and you are not having, you know, free and fair, you know, conversation, free and fair elections, uh, you know, freedom of association, freedom of capital. Well, if you have companies, um it's kind of the same you can you can have somebody you know making up whatever they want like to me um they should not be able to have you know censorship where they don't show you so so the the algorithms you don't know what they are you don't know if you've been shadow banned and other stuff and so there are sort of only really three systems i can think of the government has a censorship tool which they can use to then become dictators (laughs) um private companies have censorship which they can use to push an agenda and you don't really know or there's free speech and there's a lot of things that are said which you don't like (laughs) but like this to me is not just only the easy the best one the others aren't even even in the game for consideration because they kind of lead to
1: totalitarian outcomes in my mind Mm. so two things for me there is i think the concept of free speech is unassailable in my in my view like when you think about it conceptually it makes 100% sense like in order for you to be able to think it would, you know, you would need to be able to speak without fear of censorship or oppression from, uh, institutions point blank. What I want to be wary of is there are plenty of other things that in theory make a lot of sense. And when you put it into practice, it starts to unravel very quickly. Um, the second part is I liked your, your rubric of well that you know there are governments there's private institutions and the third one i would put is there's the public square or public discourse in general uh it, and it makes me think of the concept of the fifth estate i don't know if Penn thompson ben thompson um came up with that concept of the fifth estate which is the first three estates are the church the two levels of government fourth estate is Publication in the press. And then the fifth estate is like social media. And for me, freedom of speech has in practice held out really well on the first four states because of the limitation of the spread of information. Where it would seem that since we've had or entered into the fifth estate where information has zero cost scale and can be spread. Almost instantly, there are now ways in which it is being manipulated or weaponized. Yeah, um, I don't know if this is necessarily
0: true that somehow we now have information that can be spread and it wasn't able to spread before. Um, so, so that old saying, you know, if you know, full a million people per a month, fake news; for the billion people for millennia, religion. Um, I think that was from Yuval <laughs> Harari. Um, and so it used to be that books were extraordinarily expensive. And so only rich people could have them. And the church had effectively a monopoly on knowledge. So the only way that knowledge spread was through sermons on like a Sunday mm. or Saturday, you know, you go there and you hear this. Um, and so then they, you know, had this um, until sort of the Enlightenment uh, when they had the pretty press. and The pretty press and the Enlightenment occurring at the same time. It's not a sort of coincidence. Um, and, you know, people went on crusades. And they went around and tried to, you know, go and convert people. And you had the, you know, caliphate from the sort of, you know, Islam side of things. Uh, So this is hardcore misinformation. And there is not another information. Free speech was not really possible because information couldn't be shared. So it's like, oh, we've got people who can share stuff. Isn't this really bad? I'm like, oh, we had a monopoly of information and they pushed effectively a bunch of lies. (laughs) That was great. You know, the past was wonderful. (laughs) Um, Then you had, um, you know, Printing press and, and books went from very expensive to most people could afford them or whatever. And guess what? <laughs> they weren't printing everything that's always true. You know, it's not like this is sort of the case. And so I'm not sure where there was this time that things were somehow true and we had this regulation, you know. Um, there's been so many examples of governments saying things that were just straight up incorrect, you know, even more recently, you know, the Iraq war, weapons of mass destruction, <laughs> Iran-Contra, you know, uh, whatever it is, you know, when, when Snowden re- revealed that the NSA was surveilling the US people in breaking the law, you know, so there's just, that's just the government lying to you, you know, in, in the US, which is what people will think is much better than China <laughs> or something, right? Um, and that if you didn't have free speech laws, the government would have been able to continue to lie and you had no idea. And so I don't think that there is some sort of new thing. You know, if you go back through each time, I think it's actually less bad now. No one's saying that there's not things that are not great. But the question is, what system can you have which allows the best outcomes? And from my perspective, free speech, you know, and that it's actually less bad now than it was, you know, whatever, 500 years ago.
1: Mm. Well, I think it's less bad than it was 500 years ago but there was no such thing as free speech 500 years ago. For me, like this, you know, this wonderful concept of, you know, fool me for a month's fake news that um, about your know, Harari has put forth, but I feel like in some ways we're eight years into the social experiment that is, you know, make America great again, and it seems like a lot of things are starting to stick and not have any kind of real purchase on reality. So, where I where I want to kind of like question is. There is a, you know, kink in the chain, so to speak, because, like, I don't think it's worth saying, you know, is there something better out there than free speech? I can't think of anything better, and I'm not trying to sense, I'm not trying to make the case that it's now out of date and we need to replace it. What I'm trying to do is figure out, is there a way that needs to be reformed or modernised? Because society is changing so much faster now than it was 350 years ago, Duncan. That ha- having a simple proponent of free speech around. You know government censorship is great but it might need to have further um you know things added on top of that so the, the first example that i have is we don't you know we don't need the government to lie to us anymore we don't need to have scriptures and religious texts spread by uh pastors on a sunday morning to lie to us anymore but we can have information disinformation and misinformation spread by social media in a far more potent and like mass-scale way. So the concept here is not what are we being fed from institutions of power, but what are we feeding each other in these more social-based uh, networks that can lead things from being a matter of, well, is this truth or non true, is this freedom of speech or oppression to, uh, are we being led down a destructive path? I think you're
0: parroting standard left, folks. <laughs> um, well, oh, oh, well, uh, evil Donald Trump it must be stopped, and we, uh, we must stop him through removing free speech, because he says lies, and we can be trusted to have the powers of censorship. Um, look, to me, you don't fight lies with lies. You fight lies with truth. You don't fight lies with censorship. You fight lies with trust. And so to me, you can't necessarily know. There's so many things that have come out like, oh, the lab leak theory from, you know, COVID is, you know, wrong. Anyone that says that is, you know, whatever, um, some sort of like conspiracy theorist. And it turns out, well, actually, there's the Wuhan virality lab that they were doing, you know, COVID, uh, you know, things. And it looks like it could well have been done for that. So to me, um, Donald Trump is not a good person. <laughs> um, I'm not a fan. That, I think it's fair to say that he lies a lot and that... You know, to me, I don't think he has like a sort of ideology, like sometimes like whatever, you know, Lenin was Bolshevism or, or communism, you know. Trump just appears to have accidentally been gotten president <laughs> and then kind of gotten high on the power and kind of wants to go back and doesn't want to go to jail and a few things. Um, but to me, what, what do you do, right? Do you think, well, censorship? You know, and, and that's the path. I'm like, well, from my perspective, people... Such as some of the mainstream media, such as some of the other, you know, politicians, have gone and lent on things like lies <laughs> um, and pushed stuff around. So, for instance, the Hunter Biden laptop story, you know, which was, you know, effectively kind of shut down by some of the U.S., um, you know, sort of uh, what is it? The like NSA, CIA, etc. Um, just pissing. So, to me, I don't see a better system. It's either censorship from the government. And then who's in power gets to choose this. And once they've got this power, they can keep on going. And you don't know that there is lies because they're stopping it. Or you have people that are saying different things and you have them trying to build trust by showing consistency. And And I feel that for better or worse, many, 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 many institutions have lost a lot of trust by effectively breaking the law or lying. And so now it's super annoying. Donald Trump has sown distrust, but others have actually allowed that to be the case by doing some of the things that he said. So, you know, you don't beat the, the thing that you don't like by becoming the thing you don't like, <laughs> you know, which I think a lot of people have done. So to me, the best solution is freedom of speech and it is trying to build trust and to have these not censorship and lying. So, which is what I feel like they've been fighting Trump with.
1: Okay, so a few things there. I want to just make sure I reiterate that I'm not trying to Push a single ideology and parrot certain phrases that have been pushed from other, uh, you know, let's just say, how we call them groups. Uh, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to think about are we challenging our ideas well enough? Are we trying to still man the opposing case so that we have enough conviction that what we put forward um, is a robust enough idea? I would say by just simply accusing someone of parroting ideological views it's a bit of an ad hominem technique which is a more fr- No that's a,
0: not fair that's, um, that's, that's that, that ad hominem is attacking your character it's saying that you're like whatever a child abuser <laughs> that's ad hominem <laughs> saying that uh, saying that uh, you're and therefore all of the um you know well, things I say it's attacking are the Nullan person and not the idea yeah that's a, exactly person, and saying idea. that you're parroting um left tropes is not that's attacking what you're saying not you as a character so again if if you're like a child abuser and therefore everything you say is now no longer fair that's ad hominem um so why don't you preface your ad hominem with the actual definition of ad hominem (laughs) oh god
1: well we, we can't we can't challenge an idea without talking about what are the opposing views so simply just parroting um you know other ideologues i don't think a fair characterization Ideologies. I think right so mm. for, like for me what i'm trying to get to is not should we back throw the baby out with the bath water it's okay you might think of it as a hierarchy of systems, and at the very bedrock it's like free, free and open society and free speech and then the layer up from that could be something about the application of free speech and how is it enforced? And then the top layer of that is, well, what is the, where does free speech get applied and where do, um, you know, people control for or are able to exploit free speech? So I'm trying to get to a point where it's, well, we've had something in the past for the last 300 odd years that's been working reasonably well, but then recent changes in society are starting to make that seem a little bit out of date. And so if, where It's really questioning, are we heading down a path where it could become so destructive that suddenly it does go down to the base level, kind of like what you've got with um, social justice fundamentalists who go all the way to the bottom of a free and open society and say, you know, everything that is capitalistic or scientific is oppression and we need to change that level versus people who are, um, you know, postmodernists who just say, well, no, we, we don't need to change that. We just need to change the democratic system. So it's about looking at free speech in the same lens to say, well, do we need to change free speech at all, not replace it for something else? And if so, at what level does it make sense? So what I'm trying to get to is thinking about things where it's a new world where we have a very, very different approach to retrieving information, spreading information and trying to distinguish throughout all of that what is optimal. Now, your point about um it's a similar vein of you know sunlight the best disinfectant you don't fight lies with lies you fight lies with truth um ideal ideally for me that is a great concept but i don't know if that is what is actually playing out in reality
0: um well i think where a lot of this is coming from from people is trump (laughs) um and what appears to be a US democracy getting less and less healthy and, you know, possibly going more towards dictatorship-ness. And Trump is a very prolific liar, I think is a reasonable thing to say, and is free speech (coughs) allowing this or things that have sort of not happened? Um, And to me, is, is free speech effectively should be stopped, as in we need to stop Trump's lies and then it goes away. <laughs> um, and I'm like, uh, w- how is that the prescription? Because that, that I think, is kind of what the left is saying <laughs> in many mm. respects. It's like, and I feel like, um you know, you're, it doesn't, it feels like to me like you're not necessarily discussing this, but as opposed to thinking that perhaps you feel that you agree with it, which is interesting. Maybe this is the word choice in the way that I'm perceiving it. Um, to me, there are examples of times where I think the US system was set up and they could have impeached Trump as an example, you know, with the Republicans, you know, voting, um, you know, for this, but, and it, it looked like they did, you know, have a much, you know, I don't know, healthier thing occurring in, you know, with Nixon, in, you know, but now there are multiple times of when I feel the system was fine and it should have stood up, but for whatever reason, they didn't do it like Mitch McConnell or whomever. And th- there's been this slow degradation. And Trump has been able to sow distrust in the system on many, many levels. So now it feels like if he was convicted, it would be a partisan thing. Like people don't, it's either for like justice, right? Like it's either a system of justice or a system of revenge. And I think people feel that it's a system of revenge and it's there's not actually something occurring, like he's going to go to court or jail with his 91 indictments because he's actually done things that are bad. It's just because they're using the legal system in a way that Xi ping might against his opponents in China, right? And so, to me, he is so in distrust and has been allowed to continue with this stuff when he should have had the areas that were set up, so such as impeachment, stop this, and that free speech going away, which I think some people kind of think of, is somehow the best solution for this. And to me, let's no, actually get into even more dictatorship. So let's just say Trump gets into power, which you know, a president again, and the government has been handed the ability to censor the public. You think that's going to be a way to get us to a more liberal society? And so, to me, that the best societies that have had the best freedom, <laughs> um and they've you know, freedom of speech, freedom of congregation, freedom of association, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and those have led to the best human rights, the best you know, improvement in living standards, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so, to me, Trump is not good that doesn't somehow mean freedom of speech should go away. Um, I think, actually, that allows Trump to be able to do even more bad um, and that the things that have occurred, like, you know, what happened in um, Brazil where that person tried the Trump playbook and they joined together and got rid of him, um, it would have hopefully have happened in the US. So I'm going along sort of slightly. So, yeah, um, the US democracy appears to be getting worse. I think that freedom of speech is a way to help it get better, not something that should go away to try to help it get better which I think is perhaps what is put forward.
1: Yeah, so I, I think maybe I'm not making myself you know, super clear in a number of ways. I do not want free speech to go away. I want to make sure that we are treating it with as much consideration as it needs so that people like Sam Harris, who I would say is one of the proponents of this new idea, which is free speech is a... Very, very important thing, except for Trump, in which case we should absolutely not promote all of his lies and misinformation. And that's how it starts to creep in. Like I would say, the far left are making the case that there are certain things that should not be allowed to be said in this regard. And I see that as dangerous. I see that as one way the Trojan horse gets into the building and then suddenly you do have a cancer that spreads misinformation from the inside and then suddenly free speech is not free speech anymore. So that's why I'm trying to, like, pull this apart because just, by, you know, standing on the sideline and saying, like, you know, we we need to fight lies with truth is a great concept, but, like, we have... The the wolves are already at the door. The barbarians are at the gate, so to speak. And they've already convinced people like Sam Harris, who I consider to be very, you know, erudite and intelligent, to say, you know what? I don't think sunlight is the best infectant anymore. I think that when it comes to Trump, he's such a danger to democracy. We should act in very undemocratic ways. So, so that to me is what I think is concerning. Yeah. So
0: well, this is the thing. Like, um, I, I don't just be like, is Trump dangerous? Yes. What do you do, right? Right. Do you become? Do you become a dictatorship to stop the dictatorship? A dictator. <laughs> this, is, this is this is what I consider Senator Harris's proposal to be. Trump is dangerous. He's going to be a dictator make me a dictator i will save you you know sounds like a pretty common dictator playbook right I like... <laughs> so I, again the, the trust in the mainstream media there that calls them fake news etc but they have actually gone and done a lot of things which are not good whether it's the new york times or whatever else it is the guardian etc and not fessed up and said well actually what we said was incorrect and so the trust levels, like even the ABC in Australia and stuff, I've like very high regard for, um, have done so much stuff. And I'm like, your standards of integrity used to be wildly higher. And now there aren't these institutions that people listen to, rightly so. Trump has done his level best to try to break trust so that he then is like, you, I'm the right person you own to me. But they've also done a good job of destroying their own credibility. <laughs> like, it's, it's, you know, And so to me, i am not like you giving know, the government the ability to censor then who's in power it's like well if biden did i want them to have more power right but what are you going to do well we give biden all this power to try to stop trump and then trump gets actually elected right oh crap now 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 the, you know, the new president's got all this power that we don't want to have we only gave them the power to stop him so that he wouldn't have exactly this kind of power and it's like that yeah that's a great idea people this is definitely a good thing to do. I'm like, what? like, how short sighted can you be? Like, my my team, unlimited power. Do what you want because we make good decisions, so that we can stop that person from having any power. Except if they happen to get in, then we are disregarded the elections because we don't have, you know, democracy. <laughs> that is like what I almost consider, you know, Harris to be saying, which I don't know. It feels absurdly short sighted.
1: Yeah. And it is very worrying because people who express that kind of view, I think are very, uh, you know, they have a lot of conviction. They think that there is a existential threat. And so we need to break the rules so that our team can win because our team is good. Other team is bad. Right. And so it seems like I think what Trump has done very well has, um, devolved the discourse into very tribal politics and I think that's why a lot of the mainstream media follows suit because if you go into tribal warf- warfare, that's where all the attention is. Um, and the way the model has been set up is really more for attention than for, you know, objective truth-thinking. Uh, maybe, so that, that is a very, very strong comment, but anyway, let's keep going. Well, well, that's what I think. Uh, I right, doesn't have to make it true, but if I'm gonna try and figure out the truth- The I way the model has been
0: is set up, which is, that is easy you feel the model rewards attention as an example so that's yeah i would say it to be a very strong comment
1: right well strong thoughts held loosely duncan you know we can we can get through that together um so the other aspect is you know this this i don't know if it's growing anymore it's, it feels like it's kind of plateaued but the, the the cancel culture wave if you want to call it that uh which is about ostracising people from society because of what they express. All right, so this is for me problematic on two fronts. One, because this to me is a complete affront to free speech. Which is, well, I don't believe in your views, and I'm going to fight to the death for you not to have it. And by doing that, um, and you know, I will deploy the the weapon of cancelling you from whether it's your role in public society or your career or your job. Um, is very problematic, but what it also signals for me is a very interesting notion, which is, well, if I think I need to cancel you, it's kind of like Sam Harris. Sam Harris feels like he needs to cancel Trump, Donald Trump. He, you know, he doesn't trust the rest of society to make up its mm-hmm. own opinion in what is best for it. If I am, if I think I need to cancel you, Duncan, it's really saying I don't trust um free speech to be able to let. That the duncan idea play out itself in an open um and free discourse
0: yeah i think that's a really really good way of um putting it sam harris thinks we need to cancel donald trump and he said you know they, you know whatever is necessary <laughs> like, you don't become the thing you hate to stop the thing you hate um, well, i mean you can but i would argue that that is actually making things worse not better they go low we go high that whole thing you know i'm pretty sure wrote a few plays on this yeah we want to we want to have this thing so to me um cancel culture is a form of you know speech censorship um and so to me um are the extremists on the left or the extremists on the right more problematic um and to me um i think workism is significantly more accepted in mainstream media than Trumpism. um in fact the mainstream media, in some respects, are the mouthpiece of woke (laughs) things Um, and and, are captured. So so they've kind of got their different... You know, this is the thing. Annoyingly, I feel that there are less and less, you know, media sources that aren't sort of attempting to be captured by, you know, ideologue, you know, things. So Trumpism versus, you know, wokeism, as an example. Um, And so, to me, like, you know, one thing... I think this is from... um, I'm going to get this. I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Bill Maher. Did I pronounce it right? Yes. Go me. Uh, Bill, Bill Maher. Uh, Ma, um, I can't watch any of the late night other people anymore. Like five years ago, I used to quite like John Oliver, but now it's just absurdly left leading and just mm. disconnected from reality. Like, it's just like try everything and make it bad. Anyways, um, I think this is from Bill Maher. You know, a state of awareness achieved, only achieved by those dumb enough to find injustice in everything except their own behavior. That's woke. Um, and so, to me, I think actually that woke people or wokeism is causing the loss of free speech more than Trumpism, the alt right, mm. right? But they, the alt right, I think, you know, if you're a white supremacist or something, I think you think, yeah, okay, this is some pretty uh, out there views. <laughs> Whereas the, you know, woke alt left are like, no, 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 everyone should have our views. And anyone that doesn't have it are wrong, you know, they are whatever, transphobes, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so, to me, it's really interesting. Um, free speech is this, the, the master speech of value because it's the value which updates all other values. And losing free speech mm-hmm. means the loss of a functioning democracy. It means a government that can lie to you and therefore are to, are on path to totalitarian or dictatorship. It, it is, I think, pretty clear. You can you see all the other you know, places where this has happened and it's just a curse. Like literally the government mm-hmm. <laughs> is like, okay, well, so this is not some small thing and giving it up, like what we want is not dictatorship and giving up free speech is kind of one of the key things to allowing dictatorship. And so from my perspective, I don't see a good argument to get rid of free speech. I think you just have people that are trying to build trust, that are trying to build truth, and not, you know, going around cancelling stuff.
1: Yeah, so again, I don't think the argument is to get rid of free speech. I think the question to contend with is, do we just leave it alone as it is, or does there need to be some form of reformation or modernization? right? Okay, so how would you reform and modernise it? well that's why we're having this conversation duncan <laughs> well, i don't know if that's what you're, like, i think you're leave, doing more about the concept of it well, what would you if, change my concern is that if we leave it alone and just let things play out we might let the trojan horse in and then that will actually destroy free speech from the inside that's my concern my concern is if we let sam harris or the the, the concept being pushed by the likes of sam harris play themselves out then as you said right you you defeat tyranny by becoming a tyrant and then now so, suddenly well done you're in a tyranny uh, system, yeah. right so that's the concern the concern is like there are all there's no shortage of people who are operating on the notion of self righteousness that they're doing the right they're, they're doing the wrong thing for the right reason and what i don't want to have is that go unchecked and just allowed to well, what I'm worried about is that it goes unchecked and just plays itself out. And then before we know it, we're in a society where you're being persecuted for thought crimes because it wasn't work enough. You know, like listening to So do you have a suggestion? What what so what would you be suggesting to change? Well, that's the hard part is
0: So you have no suggestion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sounds like sounds pretty much like that right right. the other thing i firstly i just wanted to go through like sure, extreme rightism might be white supremacy but i think the the concerns on the right is how they weaponize misinformation right a really good example uh you know fox news and a lot of the things that they say uh and you know the current one that the obsession about taylor Swift and. Travis Kelsey or whatever his name is, the footballer, and how that is now a CIA conspiracy that they used Taylor Swift as an agent to plant her into the Super Bowl so that they could come out onto the field at halftime and endorse Joe Biden. Like, this is not some, you know, back office, um, you know, conspiracy. This is being pushed by Fox News. And so that, to me, is another affront on free speech, which is where you're pushing misinformation enough that suddenly a, a large portion of the population starts to believe it. So, what,
0: what do you do? What is your what is your suggestion? Yeah. So, no, so I'm no serious. Like, like,
1: <laughs> to be like, to me, what? Okay, all right. So my suggestion, like jumping ahead, is we need to fight fire with fire. We need to try. We need to try and fight truth with truth or fight lies with truth whatever you want to call it but that's and fighting the fire best example, fire. Like... fighting fire with water okay fine jesus
0: this, um, no, it's, not, it's not jesus it's it, it
1: entirely that it is a very crucial thing fighting fire with fire okay. is lies with lies okay fine let's fight fire with water duncan um the best example i have at the moment is community notes on x right so having the opportunity that in the moment someone expresses a particular ideal or position. Community notion, I won't be able to explain this well enough, but it is some form of system of check on what that idea or information was being put forward and what the actual like what do you want to call it? Uh, yeah, we body of knowledge. That is
0: some, someone is able to note something and say whether it's true or not and then it gets approved by the community and there's a high chance of hopefully being fair. So it's a system. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, so it would be great if we had some form of community notes in a more public sphere, not just on private institutions like X.
0: What do you mean, like, in terms of, like, on Fox News or something? Yeah. Well, so this is the thing, like, um, I I don't know exactly what you're sort of getting to here, um, but to me, it's not about, I think, that free speech could be gone. Um, I I, I can't find a, a reason that I think that makes sense. It's just about what... Do we do around the institutions and other stuff and so as an example how do you build trust this is the key thing so reputation takes like a lifetime build building a day to lose and i think a lot of people have lost a lot of um you know trust in, in institutions or well, you can see it and i have because these people have been quite <laughs> lying and parroting and not going around and showing up things so it's like whatever the new york times going around with the iraq you know weapons of mass destruction are going and effectively being a mouthpiece for certain components of the government and not holding the government to account which is what they should do and then when they found out that it's not going and doing a large investigation to see what's what and then for instance choosing not to report that the government was for instance censoring things about covid um you know and which you know it's effectively it looks like they are becoming a mouthpiece for the left-leaning government and they're not trying to report the truth in, in a more broad sense. So you're not the paper of record. It's just, there's so many examples, This goes on and on and on. Uh, and so, well, how can you have trust? Well, if you're looking at, for instance, social media is a way to have anyone be able to broadcast. It used to be that there were only certain broadcast things. So, you know, you want to have a newspaper, you've got to print it, you got to, you know, distribute it or you've got a, a TV show, you know, it's on air, but now anyone can, you know, sort of talk to anyone. And so it's like, okay, well, is there a system to have feedback, and how does the system work? Well, the other ones, there is an algorithm that is behind that you can't see. So you shouldn't be able to trust something that you don't understand how it works. It needs to be open source. Um, so the, the way through this, I think, is to try to build trust in in the system instead of destroying trust on both sides because there's a good reason to. Trump doesn't have any problems destroying institutions. And The other people think that it's worth destroying, it to stop Trump. But they, I think, are in many respects turning into Trump. Um, so, to me, I think that's kind of you know what we are left with, <laughs> um, and the destroying you know free speech is very very deeply short sighted, and I think is more likely to allow Trump to become a dictator than it is to stop him from becoming a dictator. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pause there um, and see if you have any thoughts about any of that.
1: No, I, I agree with the idea that you know what we need to do is find a way to build trust, and it might have been that institutions but certain press has been operating on the luxury of not having to establish trust for a very long time and then they allowed for you know their own narrative to get carried away with it. and how would you then bring about reinstating trust in the institution whether it's the abc whether it's um you know large scale publications in the us i actually don't know because it's ironic that a private entity like x twitter can be a lot more uh, scientific in this approach with figuring out what do they think is the best long-term strategy for creating a trustworthy network right because you know the other really interesting thing is that even on twitter um the idea of free speech isn't absolute like whether or not Elon Musk ever professed himself to be a free speech absolutist still contending with the notion of well, I have to kick off people like Alex Jones and Kanye West because they say some pretty gnarly shit. Alex Jones is allowed back on. <laughs> was he? <laughs> well
0: you know that,
1: yeah. I don't know I don't know if Kanye's back yet or not. Um exactly. but, yeah. but but that but for me that was a really great example of like in you know, in theory it's a great idea. But in practice like a lot of things get very tricky very quickly. But community notes, I think, is a really great approach to that idea of trust, which is well, you know, we're going to let people say whatever they, they want to say within some some range of acceptability, and that re- usually comes down to personal safety. Uh, but we're also going to provide, you know, checks and balance on what they have to say.
0: Yeah, you know, so community notes is just, from my understanding, it's not. No, you can. You can Especially if what someone has said is not true. Um, then it gets noted and it's pointed out that what they have said uh, is and for that to occur, people who have historically not agreed on things, so for instance, have a different political viewpoint, need to agree that it is fair. Um, and so at the moment, um, they used to be you know, like more, um, whatever the right word is, trust that people had in, you know, I think it's fair to say that Fox News says a lot of stuff that is not claimable. You know, they've pushed a whole lot of, like, for instance, the election-denying stuff and haven't tried to push back on that and i don't think that there is evidence for that so i would say that it's reasonable to have lost a lot of trust in fox news and annoyingly it's reasonable in my opinion to have lost trust in the new york times (laughs) or cnbc um and so the path through this to me is to try to improve the trust that these things have um the other side is though but this is the thing like i don't know it's going to be too hard to change like um the westminster system of government which say the uk and australia has versus say the presidential system which you know mexico and and america has one i think is actually more susceptible to demagogues and i think you know the the u.s system they were trying as hard as they could to not have that be the case um and so in the u.s the president gets elected or whatever and they almost can't get rid of them you know impeaching them is super difficult or at least i don't know why it's as difficult i don't know why they haven't stood up and been weak um whereas in Australia in the UK lots of toppling of prime ministers you know it's almost like would you rather that they got rid of two prime ministers too often or presidents not enough and I'm like well actually again because of the whole dictatorship side of things you don't want someone to be able to become a king effectively or an emperor um and so again free speech is one component of this but I think what are the other systems the government controls I'm like well that is literally the definition of dictatorship or private companies that you don't know what they do in control. I'm like, uh, that sounds like a way to have an insurrection, a way to, for instance, have TikTok be filling the mind of Westerners with whatever the Chinese government wants. And I I struggle to understand why they haven't banned that personally. Um, So to me, yeah, free speech, I am increasingly confident is a reasonable thing. Um, Trump is not a good thing in my view. Getting rid of free speech to stop Trump feels deeply, deeply (laughs) short-sighted. And I don't know that I have necessarily the best, you know, thing. You know, Trump annoyingly seems like he's going to get back in power. And to me, the path should have been impeaching him, but they didn't do it. So there was a system. Um, I don't know sure that free speech is the reason that that didn't occur or not. Well,
1: yeah, I don't think that was free speech. I think that was another uh, institutional system that was not operating at least as fast as it could have um yeah so Trump is bad getting rid of free speech to get rid of trump is not good um <laughs> so i think
0: it's it's effectively creating a dictatorship because the main thing is i think the government should have more control and yeah. then the government has been shown on both the left and the right side to lie to you and to want to do things and you know have this other stuff. <laughs> and so it's just not a great idea like yeah, you know, I wrote this, and then I says, you know, when you get powerful, people stop telling you the truth. They start pandering, and you definitely get high in your own supply. And then people hate you, but you can't see it because they think you're stupid. So it's, it's like if people can't tell you the truth, then they start pandering. Then you think what they're telling you is the truth, and so then you think you're doing a good job when you're not doing a good job. So it's, it's almost like doom is assured. <laughs> it's, it's you know, it's just a question of when. Um, anyway, sorry, James.
1: No, no. Um, so I think, like, um, like a really interesting, you know, thing you know, under all of this is that you know there's a very real possibility that Trump could get back in power because of the narrative that he's been able to control for the last four to eight years. Um, but then there's also the aspect that you know they polled in the U.S. that you know if Trump was convicted on any of the serious crimes, a serious proportion of Republicans would not vote for him. And so that is one aspect of, well, where are we in society today where you know, people have lost so much trust in certain institutions that they're willing to believe one individual on the overall narrative of the country's direction versus, well, there are enough people that say, well, if the legal system found him to be um, you know guilty of some of the, char- the, the crimes he'd been charged with, that's enough to convince them to say, like, okay, this is actually not really good for us to continue going down this path. So it may well be that uh, what news outlets media has lost a lot of trust so much so that it can't be um, like retrieved in a meaningful way but at least the legal system seems to have still enough reliability and trust for it to be able to you know dissuade people from whatever it is that people are saying Like you know the whole thing around the election would be everything is fake, blah, blah, blah. And then they couldn't produce one piece of evidence in court. It's a really good example of that because it wasn't... Trump didn't have to prove he was innocent. They just had to prove that he wasn't guilty. Whereas now he's actually been charged with, you know, insurrection and all of the other things. And if he gets found guilty on any one of those things, then people will listen.
0: Maybe. I, I think, look at the stats, I don't care. I think it's partisan. Um, So he's been able to sow distrust, trust, like... It, it, I think the majority of the things, like if he gets convicted, they don't. It is, it's irrelevant to the Republicans about whether he should be president or not. And a lot of people think that the only way that this should happen is through voting because they, they have managed to, sorry, he has managed to sorry, just trust in the legal system to the point where it is not seen as a valid tool of justice. It is seen as a way for this thing. So, you know, that, that has also partially happened because they've been using things that they've been going through like, I don't know, presidential powers and um, executive orders and other stuff just getting annoyed and going through. So there has been, I think, a watering down for decades of the system that the Phoning Fathers set up to try to collect more power into the president, which is the whole point of it. He's meant to not be a king. You know, Literally, checks and balances everywhere and trying to have a system that is so hard to have a king that it's effectively impossible. And that's been shifting. And then both sides getting more annoyed at each other <laughs> and then losing trust, you know, in the system. And so to me, like, if he's convicted on the 14th Amendment, which is, and I'm going to get the words wrong, that if you did do an insurrection or, you know, um, tried it over for the government, then you are ineligible. Um, then, you know, if he is, will will half the country accept that? And we'll, or will they just be like, no, I don't care whatever happens in the, in the election now, out. Like, we are having a civil war. If there's one story perhaps older than that they have the founding of the modern democracy, it's that they got rid of the British. (laughs) They did not have a government that they did not want there ruling them, right? And that's the whole Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. And so to me, I think it's not unreasonable to think that the US is quite close. Um, I think they should pursue legal means in a way that is justice, not revenge. But it is, I don't know, it appears that they're like, the alt-left of the party um, are doing things like, you know, the, the, the like um, illegal immigrants on the border, you know, that are so detrimental and they don't, I don't know how they don't see this. Like, to me, I think the best part is to be sensible centre and to do the right things and not like what Harris says. It's like, oh yeah, let's get rid of free speech because of Trump. I'm like, that's the whole reason that they don't like you and they don't trust you is because you say idiotic crap like that. Like, is the, like uh, one of the worst things I could think you could say. That's like the most likely things to get Trump elected is what you're doing, not helping, is just harming
1: big time. Mm, mm. So um, one of the other things I was talking about is when you mentioned things like the Second Amendment is well, that was written at a time where you know your 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 form of arms was really a musket, where you could you know insert a bullet, insert gunpowder, twenty seconds later you could fire off one shot. And now we live in a world with, um, you know, uh, rifle, power arms, uh, you know, nuclear weapons, bio, biochemical weapons, blah, blah, blah. Does it still mean that they can have the right to bear arms um, at any means necessary? No, you do not have the right to have, you know, anti-tank missiles or nuclear warheads or blah, blah, blah. And so th- the equivalent uh, is well, back in the day, free speech was to the extent of the written word, written published publication. Um and you could only really achieve some meaningful fall of scale through an institution like a press. Whereas today is you can write anything and it can be literally read and received by millions, if not billions, of people in an instant. And so are we adding like, you know, you know, fuel to the fire by allowing for this to kind of like go the same way? Because that's where, you know, what Trump seems to have successfully been able to recognize things like Twitter has led to. Um, and that's and that's where it's become very problematic because people knee-jerk reaction to that is well kick him off Twitter. Like no longer let him have the ability to, you know, reach the, the same people by way of what everyone else has available to them. But I think that it is still problematic in that sense. The other thing is the proliferation of things like AI and now the the concept of deep fakes, like Joe Biden calling up people and telling him to Vote or not vote for these things when it wasn't Joe Biden, um, and what you can probably expect this this election year is going to be a lot of similar misinformation getting pushed through similar channels as well.
0: Hmm. I don't know if we're going down the second amendment route now, and this is—I don't have very <laughs> deep thoughts <laughs> on no. this. Like, um, look from my side, um, I think the right to bear arms has led to a lot of extra deaths, like school shootings and other things, and I think they're not great obviously, (laughs) Um, but the other side of it is that I think that the ability for people to overthrow the government is a lot stronger if they have the ability to to have arms, right? Um, So in Australia, I think it would be a lot harder to overthrow the government because there are effectively not many weapons around. And if you had a tyrannous government, then get rid of them. And so to me, I, I think that the strongest argument I can have for the Second Amendment is that it is because you can then get rid of the government. I don't think you should be having, I don't think you need them to go around for like personal safety, personally. I think it's like that actually makes people less safe, <laughs> not more safe. I know that that's one of the tropes. and I think it's hard to back with the data that having guns has made people's personal safety increased. But the, 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 so the argument I think for it is like, well, the government is not here. The government works for us. You know, the government is not a tyrannous you know, dictatorship. And if it is, we're going to get rid of it like the British. So, from my perspective, that was the reason. Uh, more than say personal um, that, that was put into the amendment is the ability to get rid of the government, not p- protect yourself. <laughs> and I think that to get rid of the government, it makes sense. <laughs> um, so yeah, okay. Look, um, maybe we can switch into um, summary mode, or if if you want, or wherever it is. But like, it's I think it's quite clear that the U.S. democracy is in in the world's best place of health. And I think that a lot of that it has to do with Donald Trump. It's really interesting, like if you got rid of him to me, there isn't a movement. Um, Like sometimes there's a movement like, you know, Bolshevism or, you know, fascism or something, right? Where there's a lot of people, you know, behind it. It's, it's it's like a one person, Trump, who has just decided that he didn't actually want to be president. He just wanted to get a pay rise from NBC because he found out he wasn't the highest paid person. So he ran as a political stunt and then he accidentally did well. And then they weren't planning to win because, you know, people like the New York times and Nate Cohen or whatever, um, said um or nate silver um that you know there's a 90 chance that hillary would win and then they're like oh yeah, fine cool and then they won you know and then there's like melania crying like oh god what's happened no you know um, <laughs> and, and then Trump saying you know three or four months in that he didn't really like being president he had to do all these things and he used to have a better life beforehand you know and he was like busy now you know he couldn't just faff about the place or whatever um and so to me um I really hope Trump doesn't get back in. Um, and I, I hope that he doesn't live forever. Um, and that when he's gone, do you have, like, the Republicans didn't want him to be president. You know, they, they say that he was doing a hostile takeover of the Republican Party. They tried to push back all the establishment Republicans, you know, tried to have Jeb Bush, you know. Uh, I don't know, that the Koch brothers are not necessarily someone who I'm the biggest fan of, but they weren't supporting him, right? And But he did, and he took over the, the party, and then they didn't stand up. They could have at many points. And now he's got enough people in there that it's harder. It gets harder and harder each day. Like Xi Jinping didn't just get appointed emperor. He's been, he worked on a lot of a 20-year consistent campaign to slowly rat out all of his rivals and take over the system. And now he's effectively emperor for life. And it feels like Trump is trying to do this. And we might be at one of the parts that is you know harder to get through. Um, anyways, um, to me, Um. yeah. It's not good. <laughs> um, but free speech is the thing we're talking about here. I think is still a good system, the best system that we have, that we do need to think about freedom of speech, freedom of reach, and ways that we can try to have things like, you know, community notes and other stuff occurring. Um, but handing the keys to the government or allowing private companies to do whatever they want without seeing other people is not a way to build trust. It is a way to have polarisation. And then say, well, I'm going to go to the private company that I think kicked off all the people that say that I don't like the things. I'm going to private company, things like that. And then you don't listen to each other. And then you have things come apart. So to me, if we are talking about the premise of where this is, free speech, I can't see personally why it makes sense to get rid of it. What does this mean for Trump? Um, That's a different story. (laughs) Uh, And how do we try to help? I think it's trying to build trust. And I think that both sides have been doing a great job of destroying trusts so they don't trust each other. <laughs> so there's a cold civil war going on, as people say. I think that's reasonable. So quite long, James. Over to you.
1: Okay. So I am. I, I strongly believe in the idea of free speech. I think it is one of the best man-made inventions. And I think long-term, it will be what is the driving force to continuing a open free egalitarian society uh i do not think that given the challenges that we have today that there is any real discussion of throwing the baby out with the bathwater or just getting rid of free speech being a really good long-term solution what i am worried about however is that because of the rise in recent technology such as the internet such as social media such as ai it has allowed certain groups or individuals to weaponize free speech in such a way that it's becoming a net negative in some aspects. I think the way in which Trump has weaponized it and um, devolved society into a more tribal um, aspect is one example of that. And I do believe that there is a pathway, there is a chance that, left unchecked, it can continue to Deaggregate or degrade in such a way that you have people who I admire and respect highly like Sam Harris coming out and saying Potentially really dangerous thing Like well Trump is a threat to democracy and free speech. So to Trump we have to um, Stop free speech Which is you know, the, the, the height of irony and so that's where I'm trying to figure out well I don't want the baby out with the bathwater. I want that baby in there nice and warm and safe and coddled. So what do we need to do to make sure that that doesn't happen? And to your point, Duncan, I do think it all comes back to trust. I do think trust is also eroding significantly. And I do think that ideas like community notes are a good starting point to reversing that trend. Um, But just having this on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it won't be enough how can we actually try and instill this at a larger scale throughout the rest of society is something I still want to try and figure out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. Um, I'll speak to you soon. Bye.